The actual interesting part to me was uh, this idea of making people uh, face very distinctly and very uh, in like a very clear way the not so much the price but the idea that there was going to be uh, ramifications for um, climate change that were going to mean that things were dying um, as we sort of watched them and that there was no saving those places now and that all we could do was sort of sit at the bedside of these places and care for them even if that caring didn't give us a victory. That's the voice of Max Myers, a game designer from Melbourne and the creator of Soon Only the Ocean. And I'm Adam Christou from Pixel Sift. Soon Only the Ocean is a game about grief, loss, and climate change. It encourages players to become the caretaker of Glen Island, a fictional location off the coast of Victoria, and document the last remaining years until the rising water levels reclaim the land. There's just one catch. Soon only the ocean played out in real time, and on Tuesday, May 5th, 2020, Glen Island was finally claimed by the sea. I hopped online with Max to talk about what made him want to create the game, and the experience of releasing a game that tapped into the core of existential dread in the middle of a global pandemic. So I just finished making Paint Game, which I'd released at... Um like uh, at some point last year, I can't exactly remember the day, uh, the date, but um, I'd made Paint Game. It was chugging along, doing what it did. Um, and the concept originally began as um, it was, I'd been fiddling around with stuff. Um, I had this tree building algorithm from one of my other games uh, called Tree Game. Um, I had a couple of other bits and pieces and I was really interested in the idea of making games about um, about sort of like uh, that, that made people interact in different ways and in uh, ways that wasn't sort of expected of traditional video games. So one of the big things for me was uh, the original design pitch of the game that I was just talking to a friend about was uh, that you that it was an online island, uh, and by online I don't mean that like it was a multiplayer experience, but the island sea level was dependent on how long everyone had played the game. So the original pitch was like, oh, you have, um, like, the island is going to be around for sort of like three days, but every time someone logs into the game and spends like 30 minutes on the island, that raises the sea level by some amount. And so I was just talking to my friend about this and he highlighted that he was like, oh, it's a really interesting concept around specifically climate change. And I had obviously been thinking about the climate change stuff to do with it, but my, um, my partner's uh, an environmental scientist. And so I'd been thinking about it really deeply. And so um, I went home, started making the game and realized that the actual interesting part to me was uh, this idea of making people uh, face very distinctly and very uh, in like a very clear way, the not so much the price, but the idea that there was going to be uh, ramifications for um, climate change that were going to mean that things died, so to speak, or like that things uh, were dying um, as we sort of watched them and that there was no saving those places now, that they were beyond uh, a concept of like actually saving or winning, so to speak, that there was no win thing and that all we could do was sort of sit at the bedside um, of uh, of these places and sort of like um, care for them even if that caring didn't 
give us a victory, that it was more about just sitting with something um, and also fed into some um, ideas I've, I've had around um, sort of uh, my experiences with um, my, uh, my grandmother who's uh, passing away as well, sort of like watching that deterioration, knowing there's nothing you can do but caring nonetheless and wanting to make it as comfortable or give as much back as you can, knowing that it, in the end there is no way you can win. There is no victory, so to speak. I, I find that really interesting that, yeah, this is a very passive experience at its heart. You've basically got a front row seat to the end of an island. But I'm, I'm interested why and how you, you came about the idea to have it run over the length of time that it did. I'm wondering if that played into the reasons as to why you wanted um, people exploring this island to visit it over multiple years. Yeah, like 100%. I wanted to do exactly as you said, like I wanted to highlight that idea that ecological collapse is something that happens on an imperceptible level, um, that it's that it's easy to not think about it when it isn't shoved in our face, um, especially around things like hearing my partner talk about the Great Barrier Reef and hearing about uh, the collapse of the Amazon. It's it's all very well and good when we think about it as single single events. It's like, oh, there was a mass bleaching event recently. Oh, there was this, there was that. But the the actual way that climate change is going to happen is going to be in tiny ways. Like we've recently seen some of the most devastating bushfires in Australia, um, but that's on the back of uh, horrid flooding last year. That's on the back of like a slow increase in the er um, erraticness of our environments. That's on the back of um, warmer and warmer sum summers, of winters that are getting even more erratic in terms of days that are too warm or days that are too cold. It's I wanted that time aspect to be something that was that we were aware of, but gave you the opportunity to see to see it happen in a way that humans perceived because humans like we're not good at long scales we're incredibly bad at them um so i wanted to condense that scale and give you a space that you might start caring about and that you might then start grieving yeah i, I find it very interesting that this game is released during, uh, I guess, an existential crisis of, of dread that feels very fast and feels very real. How are you feeling about people playing this game during uh, such a fast-moving moment of existential dread like the one that we're in right now? It, it's it's weird and it's an interesting uh, thing for me to think about because, like, like for you to bring up because um, releasing the game when I did wasn't so much a case of like me, like I, I wasn't expressly thinking about COVID, but it was definitely a factor because it's sort of like, I remember the weeks leading up to releasing it. I, all I could think about was I just wanted this thing done. I just wanted it over. I just wanted, I just wanted it to end. Like I wanted to get it off my brain. I wanted to move on to something else. I wanted to stop um, thinking about uh, this particular island and not in the way that like I was sick of it or I thought it was bad, but that it was becoming a it, it was starting to feel like a toxic relationship with the game and so that's that was one of the reasons why i released it but i think that that also fed into covid and all of that sort of stuff and the other thing was in the back of my head i was thinking maybe this is uh, a way to highlight to, to to give people an opportunity one to visit a place that they are encouraged to but then to give them something give them 
make them grapple with the existential dread that um, has felt like it's invaded sort of my thinking as well. And then I also wanted to give people a place that they could escape to, but then also link back to their own experiences in in this global crisis because it's sort of like it felt like we forgot climate change was happening <laughs> because climate change change sure as hell has not stopped um, for a global pandemic. The the thing I do want to highlight though, which is um, I think is super important about all of this sort of stuff, especially thinking about existential dread, is that. Um, one of the big things that the uh, that the COVID thing has highlighted for me, at least, is um, that the importance of attending to our our core sort of stuff. Like we need to feel safe, we need to feel comfortable in our own environment first and foremost, and then we can start worrying about the bigger things. And that's kind of like what COVID's highlighted, especially around this sort of game is that it was kind of a little bit silly of me to release it at the point that I did because it's sort of like asking people, as you say, to think about like an existential dread built on an existential dread built on an existential dread. And it's like, I, I just need to not, I need to play some Animal Crossing. I need to like think about um, my turnip prices and that's it. Like that, that's as far as I'm getting. I feel that too. But at the same time, I f- I'm really grateful that this game kind of came out in this period. It allowed me to... Um, I guess, have that space. Um, It was really uh, an environment for me to go back to on a day-to-day basis, like a very slow, patient game about understanding that you have a lack of control and that something is going away and that you can't prevent that. I'm really keen to talk about one of the big themes of the game, which is contemplation and thinking about what is being lost and what that means to different people in particular. I'm curious about the character of the caretaker that you play as well. Um, was there a moment where you decided that that caretaker would have an internal narrative and would have a character? It was it was fairly early on in the design process as I was um, as I I got the time aspect in I got the measuring aspects in I'd got a lot of these bits and pieces inside the game like the core loop was there you were able to walk up to the island you were able to like record water levels you were able to record the weather station um, and then I realized that it. It wasn't um, a place until it had a history, that it wasn't, it didn't feel like it existed or that it was anything that was, uh, that mattered, that like there was an aspect of why do I care about this place if I'm not being brought into it, if I'm not being made to care about it. And that's not to say that like we should have to care about um, each and everything each and every part, portion of environment. But specifically the problem with video game environments is is it's very much a case of like, okay, why does this one matter when there's all of this sort of stuff outside? Like um, we care about places in video games because, we're, because we're encouraged to or we're given space to. And so that was why I wanted to give a face and give specifically I wanted to give a non... I wanted to decolonize my work as best as possible, especially as like a a white person raised in Australia, it was important to me to not have the history be, or to try and remove as much of uh, as much or try and get mitigate or step away from what I would perceive as a, the history that I was told or taught of in school and instead focus on a more, a, a history that I think, or a, a an understanding of land that I think is more important to highlight now, especially with um, climate change. 
I, I wanted to ask about that in particular. I know that you you did some cultural work going into this game and you had a consultant, um, Phoebe Watson, who's currently working with Dragon Bear Studios on their upcoming game, Chaos Tavern. Tell me a bit about the process of working with Phoebe and the work that you put into to kind of really um, centralize and focus First Nations and Indigenous voices in this game. Working with Phoebe was wonderful. Um, Phoebe helped me... Like the thing that I, I got in contact with Phoebe about was uh, I got in contact because sort of like I'm not an indigenous person. And so it felt that like instantly, as soon as I had the thought of like, I want to highlight First Nations um, uh, perspective, I was like, okay, cool. I need to talk to someone about this. I have to, I can't, <laughs> I can't just make this up as I go along. So I did some research around um, seasonal stuff. I, I messaged Phoebe and uh, gave her a copy of the game. Uh, I think she played uh, one or two versions of it, and gave and she gave me some feedback of things that I could add to really highlight. Not not so much like to be like, oh, like this is a game about an indigenous experience, but to highlight the fact that um, there was indigenous stuff here. So um, the, adding the season's names at the start of the game, adding um, scar trees, and there are shell middens at the very start of the game, adding a bunch of more native plants and um, adding uh, some aspects of how uh, First Nations people speak, uh, talk about fire and things like that. So adding a different perspective that when I had first been adding writing to the game and when I'd first been thinking about things to add that I wouldn't have even thought through so Phoebe really brought an aspect that allowed me to add an understanding that this that this place was not just uh, an island that existed or that came into existence or was first discovered by white people, that it was an island that had been used by this culture, that had been used by these this group of people, this family of people for many, many generations. This island had existed for a while, but had been gone through many purposes, and then when it, when you came to the island, it was already sort of like at the end of its life, that it had been part of a longer story, both in terms of how it was used by like, the dominant culture and uh, the dominant white culture or and used by First Nations Indigenous people, especially, again, when you're talking about climate change and when we're talking about land, especially in Australia, it would feel wrong of me to do anything other than uh, try and forefront First Nations and Indigenous experiences. And that was Max Myers, independent game designer from Melbourne and the creator of Soon Only the Ocean. It's available now on itch.io with all proceeds going towards Seed, an indigenous youth-led organization fighting for climate action. If you enjoyed this episode, you can check out the written article. It's a bit of a personal look at my time on Glen Island, complete with pictures and snaps that I took over the past 30 days. You can find that along with many other articles, videos and podcasts at pixelsift.com.au. Music and sound from this episode was used with permission and taken from the game Soon Only the Ocean, composed by Nat Wesley with field recordings curated by Max Myers. I'm Adam Christou, and that's all for now.